Welcome to the Confident Money Podcast, where we talk money, finances, and accounting for real people without all the technical jargon, patronizing, and gatekeeping. I'm your host, Caitlin Magnuson, and I'm going to be your new finance bestie. On today's episode, we're going to talk all about the idea of bridging your business and personal finances and how we can set these up so that you have money habits that integrate with one another instead of looking at your business and looking at your personal as two totally separate things. Now, I want you to understand that the way that we work, the way that I work with our company, there's no shame. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're already taking a massive step towards improving your financial knowledge and your overall financial well-being. but listening and learning will only take you so far. So we need to talk about getting the support, taking the steps, taking the action that you need to actually implement these. So we're going to chat in this episode about what that action can look like and how to set up money habits that are sustainable for you personally and for your business systems, money habits and behaviors, and give you some really good food for thought. So if you're a note taker, I know that a lot of these have had some pretty heavy notes, but if you're a note taker, get your notebook out or your notes app on your phone and jot some of these down as we go. But more importantly, writing all of these down is great. You need to do something with them, whether it's working with me, whether it's working with our team, whether it's buying one of our courses or more of our courses, or whether it's working with someone completely differently or putting some of these into action yourself. Maybe you have enough knowledge for what you need to do and you feel really confident. I challenge you while you're listening to this episode or immediately after go do one thing whether it's from this or something else that moves your finances forward. Take action. Even if it's small, even if it takes you, you know, five minutes and it doesn't make a huge difference, those little tiny actions. And I know it's so cliche, those little tiny actions add up to make such a big difference over a month, three months, six months, five years. So take it now, take a small step today. Literally when you're done listening to this, I don't care if it's moving some money to a savings account, if it's making an extra payment to some debt, if it's automating a bill that you haven't had on auto pay one small thing today. Okay. Again, we're going to rewind a little bit because you want to be taking action, but do we want to just be shooting from the hip or taking action that doesn't serve our highest good? No. We want to be taking action that is moving us towards our end goal. That end goal may look differently for each of us. And I would hope it kind of does look differently for each of us. Maybe that's retiring a spouse. Maybe that's leaving a day job. And this is your side hustle right now. Maybe it's working the bare minimum hours that you can work in a week while providing the financial needs that you or your family needs to get by. Or maybe it's living your most luxurious yacht you know, Mediterranean Amalfi coast life. I can't hate on any of those. (laughs) Um, I'm a little bit more of the latter. I'm I'm combined with really with the last two. Um, but think about for a minute what you want, because if you don't want to be climbing the ladder or making a ton of money, if you have a smaller budget and if you can get by, then fuck it. 
why? Like, why, why are you on a hamster wheel? Why are you trying to put out new offering after new offering after new offering? If you have some really good core offerings. And I actually think this goes for established business owners as well. Find what you're really good at. Find what you really like to do. Find what sells. You know, there's that intersection on a Venn diagram, right? Of like all of those things you like doing it. It sells well, it's profitable. There's a need for it. Do that, do that thing. And then as other things come up that you feel excited or inspired about, then do them, but don't feel the need to do everything. We don't at our firm, we don't do everything. You know, if someone wants us to like, there are services we don't offer. Um, having boundaries, standing your ground are really important for the long term, not only for when it's just you, but if you hire team members for your bottom line, for your profitability, you cannot be everything to everyone. That doesn't also mean that you have to niche or niche, whichever down to, you know, the smallest, I know that you'll hear all sorts of things thrown around by sales coaches. And my whole thing is there's no one right way. So you don't have to niche down to the smallest niche. You don't have to serve, you know, every single client that comes your way. You don't have to offer all of the service offerings. You don't have to offer all of the products. Remember my client earlier that we were talking about that was going to get rid of her best selling style simply because she was a little bit bored with it. Everything that you have learned in this season has set you up to understand your profitability, how your business should be being run so that you can make decisions that will directly impact your personal finances. So how you do one thing is how you do everything. Now, hold on. Do you hide your head in the sand when it comes to money? Do you get a little bit sick to your stomach? Do you find yourself with sort of an anxious attachment style when it comes to money? You're always wondering if it's going to be there. You're excited when it's here, but you're stressed out about it, about it leaving. You feel like you need to control your money. You aren't sure when it's going to be back. I want you to identify the, some of the beliefs that you have about money because these will pop up again and again in your business, in your personal life, probably in your relationships. I'm not here to speak for that. Um, that's a whole other season we could go into is money and relationships. So I want you to think about the energy that you're putting into your business finances. Is it calm? Is it collected? Is it empowered? And compare that to the energy you're putting into your personal finances. And I mean, honestly, is it non-existent? The whole point of you listening to this right now is probably so that you can make some better decisions and have some better choices laid out in front of you because you didn't know that they necessarily existed or you didn't know what you didn't know. And there's no shame in that. So where can we be improving? Where can we be moving forward? Where can we be establishing confidence so that our money doesn't feel out of control? You don't need to have a vice grip on your money but you do need to feel confident that it's working for you and with you. When you're this size as a business owner, even if you've separated out your finances, your checking account, you know, you, you've done all the things that we've laid out in here, right? You have a separate checking account. You have a separate business account. You know what you need to be making. You know how to be paying yourself the right way. Fantastic. I'm, I could not be more proud of you. Like literally if you take nothing else away from this, that will be a game changer for you in your business and in your personal life. But it's literally directly impacting your personal finances. 
if your business is, you know, one of your main sources of income, or maybe it is your only source of income. So how does this play into our personal finances? And especially when it comes to things like automating bills, which we're going to talk a lot about in next season. I can't believe we're already almost in season two, but I want to touch on it here because having clarity having ease and having comfort in your personal and your business finances are really important because they are so interconnected. So you've done your pricing work. You know how you need to be pricing yourself. You know what your bottom line is for what you need to be making. You're making that relatively regularly. Maybe some months you're over, maybe some months you're under. You're not quite sure how to handle the seasonality or the fluctuations. Keeping those initial ratios that you'd set up, um, assuming that you're making what you need to be making will allow you to start to build a buffer in your business account. So great. We're building a buffer in our business account. We're not taking more on the months that we make more. We're not taking less on the months that we make less because you've gotten this buffer established. So you have constancy or predictability in your personal finances, which is one of the most peaceful things I think we can give ourselves as self-employed individuals. That doesn't mean it's boring. That doesn't mean our income is capped. That doesn't mean we don't take bonuses. That doesn't mean we don't treat ourselves and do the trips and do whatever, you know, is meaningful to us. Do the trips, take a day, go somewhere, treat ourselves, do a spa day, throw a ton of it in retirement, you know, whatever makes you feel alive there's a time and a place for that. So you're going along, you're living your life, you're moving money into your account. You have that baseline established. Everything's going relatively well. And you get to the end of the year and you're like, okay, I made $30,000 more than I needed to, to make my bills. Like I have extra, I want to treat myself. What do we do? How do you do that? How do you know that you actually have the money to do that? Well, one, You've been using the quarterly estimated tax calculator. So you have an idea of either what you have left to owe or what you've paid so far. And you you just, you know, where you're sitting. Number two, you wait until your taxes get prepped for that year. I really recommend. So like we prep most of our clients taxes in February and March. So they have an idea and normally a pretty firm idea of what they're going to owe around that time. Then you can take a distribution. You can pay yourself out a bonus, whatever you want to call it. That's the time to do it from that money that was set aside or earmarked for the prior year, take it, go wild. Now, if you're getting to the point where your business is growing and it's really, really profitable, like we have some clients that are in like a 70 to 80% profit margin range, which is not the norm. 50%, which is what we base all of this around 50% is really much more normal there, but they take quarterly distributions because They know that they have the additional buffer in there. There's no reason you can't be doing that. I just caution you to be really careful because nothing can make you feel so out of or more out of control, I should say, than getting to the end of the year and owing money when you had extra money during the year. And I think that's where so many of us get stuck in this hamster wheel. If you want to be able to take money out of your business account, it's yours, you've earned it, but you don't know if you've paid your taxes. And that just causes this constant loop of like, can I take it? Can I spend it? Is it money that's mine? That plays over into your personal. 
So again, making sure you're not shortchanging yourself in what you need to be making personally is really important because if you are constantly looking to your business to fund your personal and looking at your business to be your personal piggy bank, it's going to be exhausting. It's going to be unsustainable. It's going to be stressful and it's going to cause a lot of additional work. Now, is there a time and a place we are still living through a pandemic? And incomes can be really unpredictable at times, especially during all of this. That's why we have some of these savings options set up because in a pinch you do, you have extra savings in your business or you should, you'll have some savings personally. All of these are to set you up to feel safer, to be more secure and to have a better buffer for when you have fluctuations, because as a business owner, you may absolutely have fluctuations. You may want to take time away. You may need to take unplanned time away. Maternity leave, paternity leave, parental leave, you know, vacation, burnout, exhaustion. All of these things are things that come up for entrepreneurs a lot. So getting your business finances together, getting them organized will directly impact your personal and vice versa. Having an idea of, you know, every Friday you're moving a thousand dollars from your business to your personal. You have that to count on. Fantastic. That's your system. That's getting you into a money groove. And then it lets you go and tackle your personal finances because there's no reason that you need to have all of your bills at the beginning of the month. You can, and you may not know this. And again, we're going to go into it a lot more in season two. You can actually call the majority of your bill providers and you can move your bills around accordingly. So for example, I've moved a bunch of mine, my mortgage and utilities and a few other payments come out in the first half of the month and my credit card tractor because we have a tractor payment because we live in the woods, credit card, tractor, and car payment come out the second half of the month. And I have other miscellaneous bills in there, but I called and actually moved several of those so that I had more predictable expenses for cash flow. So that way you don't have to have $4,000 at the beginning of the month. Getting it every week will be totally sufficient. And again, establishing a buffer in your checking account for the business and for your personal is super beneficial. But that starts to give you a system. You get into a rhythm, you know, money's coming in, you know, money's going out and you've gotten it set up so that you constantly have this ebb and flow in a good way, in an, a way that's filled with ease, which it feels really nice. <laughs> um, having been in multiple different situations over the years, it's a good feeling to know that the money is there, that the money is coming and that your bills have been spread out to work for you and with your lifestyle, which can make a really big difference. Cause a lot of people that I work with don't know that you can move your bills to make things easier. Now I want you, we're going to get just a little bit into the woo on this. I want you to think for a minute about your buying or your spending habits. When you're thinking about a big purchase, and that could be totally different for all of us. That might be $500. That might be $100. That might be $5,000. It might be more. How, what do you do? How do you think, like, what process do you go through before you buy a large purchase or make a large purchase? 
Now I'm going to walk you through mine for a minute and some thoughts that come up. So, and again, we're, we're going to go into this a lot in season two, but because we're going to, we're going to dip a little bit into, I think spousal or partnered relationships with money and responsibility that comes along with that. But my spouse and I have separate finances. So there are things that we'll touch base with each other on, but at the end of the day, we're autonomous adults. And if there's something that we want to buy that we are able to finance, afford, pay for, we're going to do it, which might be a little bit novel to people sometimes. And there's, there's input taken, but before I make a big purchase and in my business, it's sitting with it for a minute. I don't care if there's a fast action bonus. I don't care if there's a massive pay in full discount. If I still want it tomorrow, that's okay. Even if the price has changed. So for me in my business, because this, this comes up a lot, I spend a lot more in my business generally than I do in my personal life. I will sit on it for a day, maybe longer and think about it. Is this coming from a place of insecurity? Is this coming from a place of imposter syndrome? Is this coming from a place of, mm, I feel like I need this, but I need this because there's something that feels inadequate or I feel like I need this or someone on our team would really benefit from this because this is something I've been actively thinking about and this would move our goals forward. And sometimes the answer is the first one. Sometimes, you know, it's something that's triggering. It's something that I'm like, oh, that's, that's the thing. Other times it's something that's like, oh my God, this is so perfectly aligned for what we were wanting, what we were looking for. This is so fortuitous. This is exactly what we wanted. And I'll move forward if it's that second one. And if it's the first one, or I don't have a really strong feeling that it's the second one or that I'll really benefit from it, I don't do it. Chances are it'll launch again. And if I want it then, great. Nine times out of 10, I don't end up buying it again. Even if it's a higher price, like none of, none of that factors in for me because if the value is there and I'm not saying that these are not invaluable, I'm just saying that they may not be as valuable to me at the time because of the intention. And I use something similar in my personal life. So thinking about buying mm, clothes. So I'm not a big shopper, but I, I love really nice clothes, really nice statement pieces. I will absolutely buy quality over quantity. And a few years ago, I started paying attention to how my clothes felt. So I'd get, you know, a shipment from Revolve or Nordstrom or something, and I'd try everything on. And then I'd give it a day or two. I'd sort of winnow it down. I go, yep, these are absolutely keeps. These are maybe for keeping. These are no's. And then I'd try the keeping and the maybe for keeping again a day or two later. And then I'd make my final call and I'd return everything that I didn't absolutely love. And I think that we should be using that a lot more in our spending, in our personal lives, and really not even just in our spending, but in how we're doing things. If you don't really love what you're doing, where can we make some changes? Even if you're not, you know, leaving the industry or totally uprooting your life, where can you be making changes so that you can be enjoying what you're doing more or doing less of what you don't enjoy? So sitting with that intention and understanding that when you've made your decision, 
you can feel really good, really rooted, really grounded in that decision in your business, in your personal life will bring you so much peace and a sense of well-being. Um, and I, I told you we were going to get a little bit woo-woo on this, but it's it's so nice. And now when I go look at my closet or when I look at what I purchased for my business, I feel really good. I feel that I can trust my intuition. I can trust my gut. I'm making, with each passing year, I'm making decisions that are a little bit more ruthless, but ruthless in their importance, ruthless in their quality for where I'm currently at in my life and my business. So just to recap, your business and your personal finances are generally going to be a direct reflection of one another. So I want you, as you're getting your business finances together, to understand that it's not going to be just your business finances that are getting together. We might want to be working or at least looking into our personal finances where some things aren't great there and understanding that the two of these together can be such a powerhouse or they can be such a source of dysfunction, stress, and anxiety. And I really want the first for all of you. I want you to feel aligned in the purchases that you're making. I want you to feel excited for the choices that you're making. And I want you to feel empowered that all of these are working for your highest good and moving forward towards your purpose, towards your goals, towards what matters to you in your life. If you loved this episode, make sure to leave a five-star review for a chance to win a free financial strategy session with yours truly, Caitlin Magnuson. We do the drawing the first week of every month, and to be eligible, you'll want to leave a five-star review and include your IG handle so we can contact the winner. I'll see you next time where we'll chat real finances for real people.